Hey, my loves. What's up, Divine Feminine, Divine Masculine Gang Gang? So I got my headset in. This is really working for me. You know what? My birthday's coming up, end of October. I was born on Halloween. So, booyah, that kind of explains um, the esoteric <laughs> approach I take to a lot of things. Also, I have Pisces as my moon. Pisces is very spiritual. So, yeah, it's 3.35 in the morning. Um, but I can see that this is a really good setup for me because, like I said, it, it came down to a matter of convenience. As long as I'm plugged in with my headset, as I'm, because I'm always learning. I'm always learning. And so um, when I'm up at this time of the uh, time of night, I'm learning on YouTube. I'm looking at articles, um, getting stuff from Facebook. It's like I'm perpetually learning. So all of that to say, um, I am looking for a particular quote by Malcolm X, but I wanted to share this one with you because it definitely is in keeping with um, the last three or four podcasts that I've been talking about. Um, I am going to go ahead and put it out there. This is mostly for the um, melanated community, human community, black community if you are my non-melanated um, subscribers, um, I actually have an, an exercise for you. Kid you not, I, I'm going to finish this quote. I'm going to do an article on home ownership and how um, they are being black homes. Homes owned by black Americans are undervalued by $156 billion, with a B as in boy. Um, undervalued by $156 billion. And then my third podcast is going to be talking about addressing the issue, because I think some of you might feel like, well, Divine Feminine, musings of a Divine Feminine, how come all of a sudden you're talking about the melanated community? And how come you're talking about the Black woman and the Black child and the Black masculine and, and um, having laws and legislation? Listen, I'm going to give you just a little hint and a little taste of it. But if that bothers you, if that triggers you, if you hear me talking about all of the social injustices on so many fronts, I talked about police brutality. I've talked about medical apartheid. I'm going to be talking about real estate. And if you feel like those things don't pertain to conversations that we need to have in the divine community, you, my love, have a long way to go. One of the things I'm going to be very adamant about talking about going forward is we are stepping into the age of restorative justice. Do not let me mess around and have some time to compile a list of just within the last 30 to 60 days, cases of um, melanated people who are getting um, justice um, sevenfold, right? There's a firefighter who got $11 million for discrimination on his job. There was uh, um, an engineer or technician that was with Tesla that got $135 million for racial discrimination on the job. There was a family in California um, with a beach, I forget the name of the beach right now, that just had their 
their um, beachfront property returned back to them. Okay, so you don't want to be on the wrong side of justice when it comes to this. Um, you you don't want to be on the wrong side of this. And I've talked about how I'm your karma, how you treat me, how you view me, whether you're non-melanated or whether you're my melanated brother and sister and you have certain views about melanated women. I'm your karma. I'm here to help you flush out what it is for you to ascend. And I know I have to trigger a lot of quote unquote Christians too, because I really feel like if there was true quote unquote in the essence, because the Christians really took the gospel. Let's just, let's just keep it 100, 100. They took the gospel truth from the Hebrew Israelites through the Ethiopian Orthodox Church and made it their own and perverted it and used it as a tool for white supremacy. And that's a whole other podcast, right? So I know I'll probably sound a little bit harsh with with you, but if, if I'm triggering you and you can push through or you can still listen, then, you know, kudos to you. But if, if those things make you question, well, I came here to hear Divine Feminine. I came here to hear about Twin Flames. I came here to hear about, this is a part of it. This is a part of it. Okay. So I found this quote by Malcolm X and it is rich. So let's go through it. I found it. Am I going to mess around and mess myself up? It's on moguldom.com, M-O-G-U-L-D-O-M.com. Mogul and then dumb, like kingdom, but moguldom.com. And it says here, in in the ballot, okay, it's a speech. In the ballot or the bullet speech. So he's talking about voting or taking a bullet, right? That's the name of his speech. And they have several excerpts from that speech. It says, Malcolm X said, we must, we must understand the politics of our community and we must know what politics is supposed to produce. We must know what politics, what part politics play in our lives. And until we become politically mature, this is the, this is the art, this is the thing I wanted to find. Oh, that's so funny because I, I skimmed it. Okay. Until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart. So the political philosophy of Black nationalism only means that we will have to carry on a program, a political program of re-education to open our people's eyes make us become more politically conscious, politically mature. And then we will, whenever we are ready to cast our our ballot, that ballot will be cast for a man of the community who has the good of the community at heart. Boom! You guys, when I tell you, this is the quote I wanted. This was the part I I wanted and I, um, I... me, I skimmed, so I kind of skimmed through the top and the bottom, but I, I didn't really get into it until I started to read it off for here for you. But this was the quote that I wanted. 
And until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into into supporting someone politically who does not have the good of our community at heart. I'm going to say it. Um, When I tell you I grew up around white people, I grew up around white people. One of the last classes I took when I was working on my PhD, I did not complete the program, um, but I can see where it definitely blessed me. I was in, in the administration and leadership program, and my job was paying for me to take um, my classes at that level. They paid, for, they paid for my whole MBA, so I don't owe any student loans on my MBA. I only owe on my undergrad, and then they also paid for me to pursue my doctorate. But the only thing is um, that college that I went to, that university I went to, they didn't have a um, doctoral program for for business. Um, they only had it for education. So I figured if I took administration and leadership, I could segue into a um, career in administration and education system. But long story short, I would have had to start off with being a teacher and then go on to be like, you know, principal, superintendent, and then, and so I was already starting late. I didn't have any educational background. I hadn't taken my CBEST or anything. And the doctorate program is very rigorous. So I put two and two together and I was like, yeah, this this is not for me. So what I try to do is I try to take all of the classes that I thought I could get information from that wouldn't necessarily require me to, um, that would, that I could apply into other areas of my life. And so I say all of that to say, I remember taking this one class in administration and leadership. I still remember the professor's name. And he told us, he said, he asked us, like, it was one of the first three class, one of the first three classes. He's like, is politics good or bad? And back then I'm like, it's bad. I hate politics, politics. And he's, and he walked us through so beautifully to why we need to embrace politics and not only how, why we need to embrace politics, but also how we can learn to use it. Like if you master what it means to use politics, then that's where you thrive. So at the end of the day, everybody was getting the, the the information, but my little black butt was in there getting the information, and now I'm here to share it with y'all too. That's exactly what I feel, and I think that with with um, Malcolm X, that's exactly what he was trying to tell us. You know, we've got to learn how to play that play, and beat them at their own game. I'm gonna read the quote again. And and that that beginning in the first part where he where he says we must we must, that's him, right? That's not me, ad libbing or anything. So he says, we must, we must understand the politics of our community, and we must know what politics is supposed to produce. I'm gonna interject here because um, I wanted to read it through in, in its entirety the first and second time without interjecting my thoughts. But remember, I was telling you, like, we need to have results. We need to have produce. This says what politics is supposed to produce. We need to understand what it produces. So 
Politics should not produce for us statues. Politics for us should not produce Norma Torres telling us to turn the porch light on as a resolution to police brutality as a result, you know, surrounding George Floyd's um, killing or murder, right? Um, Politics producing is not supposed to be them painting Black Lives Matter on a sidewalk near you. Politics producing is not them naming a street in the ghetto Martin Luther King Boulevard or naming a park after that. That's not what politics is supposed to produce, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. We must know what part politics play in our lives. And this is so fascinating to me because politics does play a role in our lives. It determines how many grocery stores and the quality of the grocery stores are in your neighborhood and how many of them have um, organic food. Politics determines if they're going to build a highway close to your child's school and then now your child has asthma. Politics plays a role in the type of health care that you're going to have access to. In some of the neighborhoods in the United States where we're paying some of the highest taxes, they made the decision in the middle of the pandemic. So help me God, this is why I need to keep my headphones on me because I can come on here and put the article out for you. But in the, this is to tell you, they're out here telling us that we, the black community, needs to take this pineapple. Mind you, it's still in the trial phases, even though I'm saying this in October 2021. Go ahead and go ask somebody, but it takes them several years to formulate a um a, a pineapple jab, right? But you have to ask yourself why they kept trying to push it on the black community, black black community, and it's like, oh, it's because they care about us, right? But if you know your history, you'll look at the Tuskegee experiment and you'll see that they did the same thing, play for play, even right down to, I believe it's either a black man or a black woman in the Tuskegee um, area that convinced them, they paid this person to persuade the neighbors in that community to to get the syphilis shots, to infect them with the syphilis shots. And what do they turn around and do in our community? Not only do they have the black politicians that they're paying to be their mouthpiece, they also made it seem like it was this black woman that made the, the jab scene, right? The pineapple. Right. So I am saying all of that to say is that they're telling us one thing. Oh, we care about you. It's because, you you know, you're suffering and whatnot. If, but at the same time, in 2020 and 2021, they shut down hospitals in the middle of a pandemic in black neighborhoods. But they care about you, though. But you need to go about, get this jab. See, no, we must know what part politics play in our lives. He goes on to say, and, and until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived, or maneuvered into supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of her community at heart. That is profound. I talked um, in several of the podcasts back about how 
I had a eureka moment when I saw what it meant for us to call the police department relating to the Ryan Nguyen situation where he shot the five-year-old little black boy. And the judge and the prosecutor and the defense attorney saw it fit to release them back into the community. And people all around the nation called the police department. And within hours, they picked him up, revoked his veil, and, and he is sitting in jail right now waiting his trial. That is a step in the direction of becoming politically mature. I love that moment and I'll probably continue to highlight that moment every chance that I get because one of the things is I don't necessarily remember what city or state that was in, but I guarantee you as soon as they gave us the number to call that police department, I was in my bed. It was early in the morning, right? Um, I stayed in the comfort of my bed. I punched in the numbers into my cell phone and I talked to the lady on the phone and she told me, yes. And she was very courteous, right? Um, thank you for calling ma'am. Yes. Our police department chief is, the, is aware of it. We have taken him back into custody. I didn't have to go out and go on a parade or quote unquote riot. It will, there will be some things that we'll need to write and will, there will be politicians that we need to pay to represent us. But it says, no, until we become politically mature, until we understand how this stuff works, we will always be misled, led astray or deceived or maneuvered. One of my favorite quotes when I came on this journey and I, you know, it kind of stings a little bit, but it's true. The, the quote is, sheep get eight. Another quote, let him who um, wants to be deceived be deceived. We have a responsibility to research what works and what doesn't work. This has already been formulated by other groups that have gone on before us. So we need to replicate it. We will always be misled, led astray or deceived. Sheep get eight, right? So when you contrast what it means to be politically mature versus being um, sheep getting eaten, being naive, being deceived, being led astray, misled. I'm going to finish out the quote. It says, so the political philosophy of human nationalism only means that we will have to carry on a program, a political program or re-education to open our people's eyes, make us become more politically conscious, politically, politically mature. And then we will, whenever we are ready to cast our vote, that ballot will be cast for a man of the community who has the good of the community at heart. So I'm going to sign off here. Um, I found the quote, y'all. But um, that's what I'm looking at doing moving forward. Um, you'll want to stay tuned for the next podcast I'm doing because I'm going to be going over the article that is titled 
Um, homes owned by Black Americans undervalued by $156 billion. So you'll want to stay tuned for that one. All right, I'll catch you on the next podcast. I'm charging you with love, with light, with Black light, because Black light illuminates invisible. I'm charging you with meeting and falling in love with the love of your life love of your life, charging you with health, with wealth, with wisdom and prosperity. Until the next podcast, peace.